are in another edition of the Varsity Podcast, week four of the high school football season. Justin Barney, Sponge Franklin, and we are slowly, or quickly, should I say, approaching midseason, Sponge. Man, it is just a roller coaster ride, and uh, next week we'll be officially at the five-game point for some of the teams in the area. That means, man... Start even possibly projecting playoffs. Yeah, no, you know how it gets going. It just starts clipping away, and week by week, you, you know, another one down, and you're just right back on the grind another Friday night. It, man, it is flying by. So as we do every week, we look back before we look ahead. Um, Sponge, what were your biggest takeaways of week four, and um, what games kind of caught your attention? Well, obviously we had the nice big border classic that we uh, had right here on Channel 4 that was pretty cool for all the kids to be able to be on TV. And you had the streams on some yeah. of the games that weren't on you know, the the, uh, the big channel. But obviously the, the headliner game kind of ended up being a dud, the yes. Bulls, that Bulls-Brunswick game. I yeah, mean, it was, very it surprising. Was, it was tight early. You know, Bulls had the halftime lead at 3 nothing, And then the wheels fell off in the Could second half. Could not get it done. I know that 23 final score – Seems a little bit lopsided. It was a 3-0 game at half. Matthew Berry field goal in the first half for the Bulls. Bulldogs defense playing well. And then turnovers killed the Bulls Big time in that turnovers. game. The turnover, Two picks, turnover uh, right there before the half in the end zone. They were in the red. Could have made it a 10-point game going in the half. Instead, you're still only up a possession. And then the the pick six was – or pick six to the one. You know, <laughs> yeah, pick um, six to the one. You know, led to the, led to the um, touchdown for Brunswick. Then they had a couple of big, big, nice runs late in that game, and you know, Bowles could never just really—they couldn't get anything never got going in on that, offense. That momentum, and we kind of have talked about this really exact situation. How would they fare without a Cade Frew-led running game and kind of shifting to that passing game? And this was really the first bit of adversity they've faced in teams being able to defend the pass a little bit better and having success. And when you don't have that run game to kind of set things up, and yeah, Emmett Gresbin has been very good running the ball, but that offense is. Misses Cade through and defense played well enough to win. Again, they give up four, really fourteen points when you talk about that um, that pick pick six yeah. to the one play. Um, but a, a really disappointing performance if you're Matt Tobin and company. Again, it'll help you in the long run. But when you go up there and you want a game like that, you get it, and you're so close to winning that game or you're really controlling that game. Bulls gets a you know, a 10-0 lead. That's a seriously different game. But back to the drawing board before a big one comes this week. How are you going to address those uh, those turnover problems? Yeah, no, they definitely have to address the turnover problems for sure. Um, quarterbacks got to you know make better decisions. I think the biggest thing what we talked about you know all season so far with them is you know the emergence of who's going to emerge you know now that Cade Fru's gone and we I, we talked about Nyan Burroughs is, is dynamic playmaker and he's obviously shown that in the first three weeks, but. Who else is going to show up, man? And that, and like, if teams can circle twelve and they know where he's at on all times, somebody else has got to make some plays. You know, yeah. I know, I know, Gresman's had some nice uh, ground, you know, ground games in, in in the earlier games against San Augustine and um and Mandarin, but they just they got to find another weapon. You know, you are hoping it's going to be your tight end, who's a big time guy, but somebody else has got to emerge yeah. to help DJ and help the other quarterback. You know, get some balls down the field because. You can you can shut everybody down. You're gonna have nothing on offense. Yeah, I was just very surprised that they did not find a way around that Brunswick defense. And um, again, if the passing game's not going, you got to stick it and stick it to the run. And hope you have success there. But turnovers really the story of that game. I mean, yeah. two interceptions. Um, again, one in the end zone, one that was nearly taken back. 
for six was uh, the difference in that game. And Brunswick added a, a late TD to kind of ice it there. So uh, disappointing showing from from uh, some of those Florida teams up at the Border Classic. Speaking of the Border Classic, the the Georgia teams held serve down there seven to three, or excuse me, four to three um, in that series. And you know, one of those games were out of our area coverage area, Madison County Fitzgerald, but Fitzgerald won that game. But man, Baker County with an unbelievable win. The last game yeah, of the that was, that was a great game. Last game, 35-32 over Richmond Hill, and Richmond Hill that game went back and forth in that second half. And Cam Smith, unreal game for him. I don't know if you saw his stat line: ten touches, three thirty-six, yeah, and three touchdowns. That's crazy. Un- just an unbelievable game for Cam Smith. Put the the team on his back, as you like to say. Um, but he he really did put the team on his back. And then they had a nice goal line stand uh, from inside the five with about 40 seconds to play that pr- preserved that win. And just a great game for Kevin Mays and company after the season got off to kind of a little bit of a uh, topsy-turvy start with that uh, uneven half against yeah. Bradford, 21-0. And you come back with a big win over Oakleaf and then go on the road against Richmond Hill and have that success. Great game for the Wildcats. Um, going into this week, um, the Baldwin game this week, district game for both teams. Um, but, you know, University Christian, again, 33-0 over Charlton County, ends an 0-5 streak against the Indians. Really cool to see UC kind of break that that slide really all over the field. Um, hit from all sides, a real gray. Um, just defense everywhere up there for UC. So nice to see the Christians get a win. Uh, St. Augustine didn't have yeah. success, lost to Coffee 34-14. We mentioned Bowles. 20 to 3 in West Nassau, obliterated by McIntosh County Academy, was, 42 to 8. That was so, in um, the the last game I want to talk about was uh, the nightcap on our first night, Creekside, 21 20 over the monsoon, the monsoon. The monsoon game. game. Oh, if you did not see uh, see things on there, um, that game was played in a driving, driving rainstorm. Um, and Nikki Williams yeah. in the offensive line. I mean, Creekside's offensive line was open in massive holes, and Nicky Williams, if you've not paid attention to what he's done this he's, year, he's my ten, God. He's got he 500 had, yards on the, on the season, 10 touchdowns. He has been tearing it up. Yes. Uh, so three three rushing touchdowns, all touchdowns for the Knights in that game, and uh, an unbelievable play that did not show up on the score sheet was he had a 67-yard run to really ice that game on a second and 11. Creekside pinned back in their own territory after a, a missed field goal by Glenn Academy that would have uh, put them – up in that game, and Nikki Williams, second 11, Creekside really kind of trying to burn the clock, and a 67-yard run to Iced ice him. it. Yeah. And, him, and again, it was a heads-up play by Nikki because he could have taken that to the house and scored, but elected to uh, negate the fantasy points <laughs> yeah. and um, and just kind of took it down and and uh, was happy to get it and you know, flip the field, and that allowed them to run out the clock. So great game by Sean McIntyre, the Knights, and in an unusual setting in that rain and delays and everything like that. So I think the biggest thing for teams playing in a situation like that is getting out of the norm. It's not your normal game day routine. You're mm-hmm. traveling a little bit to do it. you got TV timeouts. You're playing on a beautiful turf field with a huge jumbotron kind of screen there to watch replays and everything. It's not the typical high school experience yeah. for Florida teams. So what do you learn from a game like that, Sponge? Well, after you, you know, that such a – like all, all that stuff you just said, including, you know, when you have a – bad weather get it mm-hmm. you know you throw all those things in there and you're just like okay what kind of what kind of what kind of thing is this going to build what kind of adversity are we going to have to go through all that stuff you just said and basically you learn a lot from your team you know you can see that they were tough 
They never gave up. They were down. They kept, you know, Nicky Williams, obviously, like we just said, put the team on his back, had the big-time runs. So, going forward, that gives your team confidence and to say, hey, we can, we can uh, play with anybody. And, you know, looking at their schedule, we were just talking about it, it gets tough mm-hmm. here in the next four or five weeks, the teams that are going to have to play. So, getting a win like that definitely will help, you know, in those, in those tight games that they have, you know, coming down the pipe. But um, heck of a heck of a uh, game for those Unreal guys. Unreal game. I, I, there's three and zero. They they started three. off really hot. Obviously, you know we talked about they waxed Vieira. Vieira looks like they're not too good. So hey, he scored sixty or whatever it was they put on them. Great. They beat Nice. You know, score sixty two on them. Then they you know they get the 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 comeback win in this one in Georgia. So how will they fare in these next couple of bangers mm-hmm. they got coming up? Will be the big question. But like I said, you learn a lot from a team. You know, having those adverse things going on where it's not your typical Friday night, your comfort zone and all that stuff. So I I feel like uh. It's a big win for those yeah, guys. Yeah, you're down 20 to 7 in the second half. Things are not doing that well. The rain is just everywhere. And man, that turf field held up pretty well yeah. to do seven games in that weather. Uh, but man, Creekside, Nikki Williams and Sean McIntyre, that offensive line. And I, I'll repeat it again. I did not think Creekside would have nearly as good of a year as they've had. You lose 30 seniors. Yeah, no, I looked at the depth chart. Or I was looking at the roster and the depth chart. They got a lot of young, like, obviously, you lose yeah. 30 guys, but they got some young players young kids. who have stepped up. So. Now you're looking at, you know, I always talk about Creekside and you hear McIntyre talk about those guys have grown up in the community. They, you know, they grow through the, the pipeline of that little area mm-hmm. and they, you know, they know the scheme, they know the system, you know, so two to two, two to three years from now, yeah. some of these younger guys, that, that team's going to be another heavily senior laden team. Yep. You know, how will they fare? I mean, they're already doing a heck of a job right now as youngsters. So let's see what happens, you know, as the season goes in, in the next two years. Yeah, also. that's right. So let's, but let's uh, cycle through three other games. That we saw this past week, Sponge, uh, kick me out another one you saw. Yeah. You know, we talked about it before. Our niece boys, can they get off the mat, man? And you know, Fletcher is who they got coming up this week. You know, they played a tough Fleming Island team. They banged with them. Yeah, they, they were just, in there. Just couldn't get it done. They were in there. Fleming Island, nineteen fourteen over Nice, and um, a disappointing effort again. If you're a Nice Panther, you're zero and three after a nine and four season. This feels like a more of a making of the previous two years where they were one-win teams. Can't fault the offense. Yeah, you score 14 points. You probably need to score more than that. But uh, I thought the defense bounced back well against a strong offensive yeah. team in Fleming Island um, a week after giving up uh, 62. So you like to see those improvements. It was nasty as can be outside. Yeah. Nasty weather, nasty field conditions. So a little bit uh, partially to the low score, but good to see Neats bounce back a little bit on defense. But at this point, you know, district schedule coming up for your niece – not time to panic. You can still win your district. Yeah, I feel like I just told you, I feel like the schedule is a little bit favorable coming up here. If they can get past this week, in my opinion, you go 0-4, then I think it's, you know, I don't know, who knows what's going to happen then. It's, it's confidence level mm-hmm. on your team and all that stuff. So they get Fletcher this Friday. If they can somehow get that win, I feel like the next couple of games they can maybe get on a little roll, get some confidence going and, you know, get back in that winning side. But you know, they, they played tough against the Fleming team. Build some confidence off of what you mm-hmm. did right, and hopefully, you know, you can take it from there. Yeah, that's it's been a it's been a tough start. Knew it'd be a little bit different of a season for Nice with you, you know, mentioned the Creekside graduation losses. They've navigated that a little bit better yeah. than uh, some other teams, but Nice has not navigated that uh, sim- similar situation. I mean, they lost some some ballers. I mean, Ben Bogle I've mentioned him before. Dom Henry's our Player of the Year last year, so you can't ask Marcus Stokes to do everything, and he can't go out and play defense. Yep. So. You've got to get contributions from some of these guys who've uh, tasted the fire these first three weeks and hope they've grown up as district time uh, approaches. 
Um, you know, Fletcher and Nice were district opponents last year. They're not this year due to the Suburban Metro. But you get a win against Fletcher and you start feeling a little bit, okay, we can do this. Things yeah. are not out of our control. Things are, um, you know, I think they're in a district with, is it Palm Coast and Pontevedra? Yeah. So you you can you feel like the tables are turned. Pontevedra is not that strong this year through no. a couple games. Flag the Palm Coast is uh, is a winnable game if you're uh, if you're nice. So I do think that they are still in the thick of things, provided they can stop some teams and um, you know keep Marcus Stokes healthy. Um, Another one I saw last week, Jackson 13, Fletcher 10 in overtime. You know my Jackson boys. Yeah, exactly. I, beat, I beat the drum for them the last two years. That was years. a big win. They finally they got revenge from last year's tight game and basically a similar almost situation yep. and score, you know, and Jackson prevails this time around. And they, they're hot right now. They are, and they continue to move. They're in our Super 10. They've been there from the beginning. And, you know, again, Jackson's not playing slouches. They no. are playing some pretty darn good teams. Uh, they've got, uh, uh, I believe it's Spruce Creek this week. Coming to Main Street, um, you know, Jackson went to Nice and beat Nice. They went to Brunswick in Week Zero, lost that game 23-13, and you know, that game doesn't look as bad yeah, now no, after Brunswick, sure. uh, what they did to Bowles. So, I mean, Jackson is not playing slouches. They are playing good teams. Um, that win over Fletcher, very indicative of how far that program has come under Coach Christopher Foy. So just good to see Jackson kind of turn that uh, turn that corner and really kind of progress to – to be a team that, I make this reference a lot, but they used to be a homecoming game yeah. nine weeks out of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's nice to see them playing meaningful games on Main Street. And this team is far deeper than Grayson Howard, as we've seen uh, so far in this season. All right, Sponge, last one from last week. What uh, what do you got for me? Well, everybody was talking Riverside. Mm-hmm. You know, They were undefeated. Everybody was feeling like they were looking pretty good. Hadn't, In my opinion, hadn't really played anybody yet. Mandarin, a really hot team that we liked. Put it on them, mm-hmm. you know. So kind of, kind of set them back a little bit to, you know, say, hey, let's see how good you can be, Riverside. I know it's, you know, that it's tough, you know, coming in transition year, you losing your coach, you lost some players, try to transfer. Uh, but you know, again, Mandarin to me is one of those teams that I want to see how they go down the pipe here because I think they've got a really good offense. I think their defense is coming along. They've got a tough schedule with some some nice matchups, a lot of uh, top ten matchups mm-hmm. coming down, you know, the Bartram Trails and the Creek sides and all that. So. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Mandarin as they go on, and then what does Riverside do after yeah. after they finally you know lose one? Riverside's problem is offense, they is scoring they, they points. I mean, you, you've done great defensively the last few weeks, but you knew you were going to have to score um, more than your average, which is around nine points a game, to beat a Mandarin team with Tramel Jones, Jamie French, uh, Kyron Jackson, those guys, and you couldn't do it. Twenty-eight to six Mustangs. Um, so you got to find some some ways to get some offense. Riverside and, and Parker remind me a lot of each other. Good defenses yeah. and just offenses who have just not put it together. And, again, for Parker, it's been multi-years we've seen this, but Riverside, Antoine Nicholas, first-year coach, um, so give him a little bit of grace and some time. They lost some offensive guys, too, from that from that team and Riverside. So those are our, uh, our look-back games from last week. Before we head on to this week, let's unveil our, our rankings. So my Super 10, I'm counting them down. Mandarin 10, Reigns 9. Ed White 8, Baker County 7, Jackson 6, Bowles dropped from 2 to number 5 now, Fleming Island 4, Bartram Trail 3, um, actually I'm sorry I missed I missed a team, Creekside 4, Fleming Island 3, Bartram Trail 2, and Trinity Christian 1. All right, I'm gonna, I'll go flip order, I'll go 1 through 10, I've got TC up on top, still at number 1, I, I bought Fleming Island at number 2, Okay. because I'm like hey, these guys, they've been talking the talk, let's see if they can walk the walk now. I bump bowls down just a spot to three because I still think they're a real deal, you know. Plus we got to keep that one three matchup, you know, <laughs> this week. But 
Um, I got BT, Bartram Trail at four, five. I've got the Jackson Tigers, six, Creekside, seven, the Ed White Commanders, eight, Baker County, nine, Mandarin. And I I bumped the UC boys in at number 10 after, okay. the, after the big 33 nothing. Nice. That's, that's good to see UC get in there. So. A little different differentiation. I think I, we could both make arguments for – I think UC could be in a top ten. Um, I definitely think that. So a um, little variation, but not, uh, not too much. The same, primarily the same Primar- team. Yeah, just, primarily just the same order. teams. So, okay, let's uh, let's look ahead to week four. And um, Sponge will we'll fly through these a little bit. We mentioned a little bit Fletcher at Nice. Yep. Big game for Nice. You've got to, you've got to win some of these you gotta, games. You right gotta, you've got to win this one. You, you started off 0-3. You you know you've had a you've had a couple tough ones you know they they kind of never were in that Jackson game mm-hmm. they were in a little bit with that Creekside game and then it just got out of hand and you, like I said you give up sixty two points mm-hmm. you know forget about it then you you have a tight one with Fleming so you're like all right we kind of get, we're kind of gradually showing some signs so Fletcher is another one of those teams kind of like we just said with uh, Parker and Riverside they have struggles on offense mm-hmm. they they are uh, built on defense so generate some points and get into a banger and. You know, come out See, with the yeah. win. Marcellus Tate, I think he's further along than he was a year ago when these teams met as a player. Um, it's going to be a nice matchup between Marcellus Tate, Marcus Stokes showdown in week four. That's a big one for both teams. You mm-hmm. don't want to lose another one if you're Fletcher, and you really can't afford to lose another one if you're Nice. All right, another one, Oakleaf at Fleming Island, a good Clay County matchup. Yeah. What's your take on that one? I mean, Fleming's been the hot team. Like I just said, I've got him number two, uh, Oakleaf. They they had a, a pretty good start to the season two and one. They had a close loss to Baker, you know. But I want to see more from from Oakleaf. Mm-hmm. How, how how good are they? they maybe they can uh, upset Fleming uh, Fleming Island. So interesting to see how how the two teams you know match up. Can they stop Sam Singleton? You know, can uh can Fleming Island you know shut shut Oakleaf down and make that a, a defensive battle? But I think uh, Fleming wins the game. Yeah, just because I, I feel like they're the best team in Clay County right now. I, I, I can see Oakley banging with them, but you I, yeah, know. same. I, I can see a closer game. That seems to have history, a little bit of a rivalry right. there between those guys. I, I've said from the outset, Fleming Island's the best team in Clay, so I'm going down with the ship. Yeah, I think Fleming Island wins that game. Um, Oakley had in its loss had problems in the second half with turnovers against Baker County, 25-20. Yep. So I, I think Fleming has been a little bit more consistent, a little bit more stable this season. So mm-hmm. I do like Fleming Island in that one. Gainesville Buholtz at Creekside, yeah, maybe my. Again, I know we've got another game to talk about, but probably on paper the best matchup yeah, no, in the for area. Sure. I, this, I, we, we talk about Buholtz and how good they are. I know they're in Gainesville, but we've, you know, they play all of our teams here in, in town, and they've been kind of a beast. Mm-hmm. They've kind of been beating up on our guys. And, you know, this is the gauntlet start for Creekside, yes. in my opinion. They, they've obviously had, you know, a good start. You know, big win, obviously, we just talked about in the Border Classic. But this is where it gets real. You this know, is. You know, Buholtz is going to be tough. You know, they're nasty. They got Whittemore, who's a playmaker on offense for them. You know, so Nicky Williams is going to have to carry the load and see if he can get it going again, you know, down the stretch here in these next couple games because they've got, they've got a tough little schedule coming up. But this this is the start of it. We'll find out really how good Creekside yeah, is. Yeah, and their district is brutal. I mean, it you is. got Bartram in there, um, Buholtz in there, Fleming in there. I mean, it is a – Oakleaf is in there. I mean, you've got a tough district if you're Creekside – Couple teams in there are not going to make the playoffs. I think another one. I think they'll get the obviously the district champ and the runner up, and maybe a third team right, right. Um, qualifying for the playoffs for those max prep ranking points. But that is an excellent game. Buholtz has had the number for um, for Creekside for many many years, and really area teams in general. Um, they have handled the area teams 
So it will be a challenge for not only Creekside, but Bartram, for Oakley, for Fleming, to beat a Gainesville Buholtz this year. I saw them last year in person against Nice in the regional finals, and they just took Nice apart um, in that second half. And that was a very good Nice team. Dom Henry, Marcus Stokes kind of at their peak, um, and Gainesville just ran through them. So um, that will be an interesting matchup. I know Sean McIntyre and and coaching staff there have been thinking about this one. Again, it's a district opener. It's not just a good team you're facing, but it's your district opener, a chance to really kind of set the tone uh, in your district this year and really kind of make a statement and say, hey, we're we're a favorite in this district, not just one of the guys. So Creekside could do that with a win on Friday night. All right, Sponge, the big one on Friday. Not a district game like it had been in in recent years, but Bowles going to Trinity Christian, Super 10 – team against Super 10 team. I know you know Trinity Christian pretty well. Bowls and Trinity. Recent history has been all Bowls, 35-0, 36-12 the last two seasons. Why do you like Trinity in this one? You know, definitely want to get the get back. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this one, what's weird about it is this one doesn't feel like the uh, last, you know, two years where you have that, like, circle date and you're like, man, I can't wait to get to this one. I mean, obviously you can't wait to get to it, but, you know, it's not that there's been, like, a lackluster start for either one of them. Mm-hmm. They've, they've obviously had, you know, a good start to the season. Obviously, Bowles wanted to win last week to, you know, be undefeated still. But, you know, it's just it, you're ready for it. But I feel like, like we just said before, Trinity, obviously we know what they do with Webb and, and, and Darnell. They run the ball great. But for some reason still, to me, the offense just doesn't look 100% smooth. They got to get to figure out the transition with getting Bushy going mm-hmm. with the run game. And I think eventually – you know, that will eventually click. Now, will it happen this weekend? Who knows? But, you know, you still got those two guys. Even if Bowles knows you got to stop them, it's going to be a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, last week was a nice little game where Colin got to actually throw it around a lot. So hopefully he got some, you know, hopefully him and Gus drew up some stuff and, and got some reads where, you know, he can get some guys open in, at the receiver spot and get that balance going to where it's, you know, you don't know what's going on, run or pass. Now – like we said before, does Bowles clean up their turnover issues? Mm-hmm. Are they one-dimensional? Can they not throw? You know, that, that'll that be the chess match to where, you know, was because obviously uh, early in the season, Ed White was able to run the ball on uh, Trinity. Um, so can Gresman get the ground game going? Can he get that ground game off so they can throw it a little bit, you know, find Naeem Burroughs and, and open it up a little bit? So. I still like Trinity in the game, really and truly, just because Webb and Rogers, man. Mm-hmm. And even though you know that those two guys are getting it, that, that's a tough, that's a that's tough two headed monster. Yeah. I, I'm I'm probably the opposite way. I do think I think it'll be a good game. I think last the last two years have just been lopsided yeah, blowouts. It's been ugly. Um, 35-0 last year and a running clocker for Bowles. Um, I the the difference is those last two years you had some horses at Bowles. Yeah, and you know offensive line, defensive line. I mean, Caden Fordham, um, I mean, Cade Frew, I mean, Jack Pyburn yeah. last year. I mean, you had yeah, that defense was nasty last year monsters, sure. and you don't really have that this year. Really kind of a, a new Bulls team, and I don't know if they found the way which works for them the best this year. I don't think they found that quite yet. I, I think they're still trying to figure things out with DJ Moore, figure out what the run game looks like, although Emmett has run really strong uh, in a couple of games this season. So I think Bulls is still trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. But I will probably pick Bowles in this game just because recent history. I don't. I don't think they have the horses, obviously. But um, I. I don't know how you bounce back from a 35-0 game 
last year yeah. and win this year if you're Trinity. But I and again, anything is possible. Um, this has been a good series um, since it it resumed. I'm just glad they're playing. Again. I'm glad that yeah, glad they're playing again. I believe on the field, uh, Bowles is six and five all time against Trinity. They did have that one forfeit um, for an ineligible player, <laughs> uh, but Trinity Christian again has has uh, made it a good series. And it was to the rivalry resume when these two teams got put back in the same district mm-hmm. uh, several years ago, and they played a bunch in that span. So I'm glad this rivalry is back and, and going strong. And um, this is always a good game. This is a game we waited many, many years, like 15, 16, 17 years, yeah. 15 years to see again. And now the football gods have bestowed it upon us to actually see this game pretty regularly, which has been uh, a really good thing. I remember when the first game between these two teams happened after a long absence, how exciting it was, and that was during the hurricane. Yeah, I I remember that. It was every game in town was off with the exception of uh, a small private school like a Bishop Snyder or Cedar Creek Christian. So everybody in town was at that Bowles-Trinity game, and uh, ironically it was the one they had to forfeit and get back. But that Mm -hmm. environment was electric. It was was a a good game. Um, kind of a welcome back Trinity Christian and Bulls to that rivalry. And it's a good thing with Matt Toblin getting there, we've been actually able to see that rivalry uh, for two years in a row, and, and this would be the third. So nice to see that rivalry resume. So uh, we will get back to you next week with a recap of this week, kind of look ahead and um, kind of unveil some of our midseason surprises and uh, athletes of the year and whatnot. Before we go, quick uh, Super 6 volleyball rankings Bowles in at number six, Ridgeview at number five, Bartram Trail four, Bishop Kenny three, Trinity Christian, unbeaten Trinity Christian TC at Girls. 10 and 0 at uh, number two, and no move in Pontevedra. <laughs> they are number one. They've been number one ever since we started our Super Six. They have won 58 of their last 61 matches against local teams over the last five years. Uh, the only three losses have been to Fleming Island. So uh, interesting of that volleyball dominance. You know, a lot of those teams in there change, but the one at the top does not. For Sponge Franklin, this is Justin Barney. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Varsity Podcast.